Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. It is, well, it's Monday. It is Memorial Day. And Jason, why are we here? Uh, so we just finished watching Double or Nothing. Uh, it started yesterday at about five, about six o'clock, and it ended about two minutes ago. Um, not not really, but that was a very long pay per view. It, it was. Um, it kicked off at six with the the buy in and left. Prince House, where I was watching it, we walked out the door at 11.55. So, almost six full hours. Thankfully, we weren't on the East Coast, and it was almost, you know, one right. o'clock. Um, so, we said because of how long it was, you know, the fact that there's a lot to cover here. There, there's several decisions that I think we might want to get into a little bit. Uh it would it would really take up the whole show Sunday. Yeah. So we were like, hey, why don't we just get together, we'll watch Raw tonight at the studio and we'll, we'll listen to uh we'll we'll go over double or nothing. Yeah, we'll do a little review. Uh we're drinking some bullet rye, which yeah. I believe we've had on the podcast before. It's a delicious rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Not terribly expensive. Nah, pretty yeah. uh, pretty pretty uh value friendly. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorites actually. Uh, mixing mix it as an old fashioned is perfect. A little yeah. bit of simple syrup, a little bit of bitters, a little bit of orange zest. Boom! Done. There you go. Should uh, we? So, should we cheers? Cheers! Cheers! So let's start. I guess before double or nothing. You know, we mentioned on our episode the other day that MJF had missed a signing. Yeah. Well, shortly after we stopped recording, news came out that. Not only had he missed a signing, but a ticket had been booked for him to New Jersey Yeah, uh, for the Red Eye Saturday evening. It looked like uh, MJF was about to, to just completely blow off everything. Yeah. Um, now, he uh, did end up showing he up. He showed up. Uh, so with, we'll with, get to that in that. a minute. But So first off, Bleacher Report uh, Live, their app, is hot garbage. Um, we tried to, when we tried to get the pay-per-view, we bought it and then we actually couldn't get logged in to, to watch it until right at the end of the Danhausen hook versus Tony Nice. Uh, I'm going to need you to Mark get the Sterling. name right. Yeah, the Hookhausen. Hookhausen. Yeah. Um, we couldn't log into right at the end. You know what would be a great app to be able to watch? AEW on like the the HBO uh plus app or HBO Max a- HBO Max would would you be know, great since, since it's, it's almost all like owned by Warner yes obviously i mean you know that would be huh you know how about that you, you could you you have this app built in you could even pull over and have dynamite and rampage on HBO Max it it it's it's shocking to me i that seems like something that should happen. Tony Khan, um, I'm happy to make a phone call for you. I don't know who I'll call, but 
I will be happy to make phone calls so, and make that happen for you. With the Hook housing match, of course, they won. As you would expect, Hook hit a uh, kind of a, a slam sort of mm. thing. I don't remember exactly what it was. But then Danhausen shouted for the, the tag, and Hook went over and tagged him, and Danhausen went and pinned Smart Mark with the, the cursed uh, <laughs> O's. Yeah. We then went into Double or Nothing proper. And at the very opening of it, you hear MJF's music. And we're sitting there, and we're like, is this going to happen? Is he coming? And like he, he played it for a minute or two, or uh, several mm-hmm. seconds. Before he finally walked out, um, this was a squash match. Yeah. Uh, MJF came down to the ring. Wardlow came down doing the, the you know, no music, security, that kind of stuff. He gets in the ring. MJF gets out of the ring. MJF walks around the outside, rolls in the ring, rolls back out of the ring. Rolls back in the ring, rolls back out of the ring. Wardlow gets out of the ring. MJF gets in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, MJF hits him a couple times, and he no-sells it both times. He was playing that cowardly heel. Um, where, where, where the match basically ended, uh, MJF grabs his knee. Oh, I broke my knee. You know, it's hurt. Blah, blah. So the ref goes and pushes Wardlow back, and while he does, MJF reaches into the trunks and pulls out the, the Dynamite Diamond. And the camera kind of pulls back, and Wardlow is standing over his shoulder looking down at him. And Rick Knox is standing to the side of him looking down at him. And Knox reaches over and pulls the diamond ring off of MJF's little finger. And then Wardlow proceeds to hit him with five power bombs and does the foot on chest pin. One, two. Wardlow takes his foot off his chest and then hits him with five more power bombs and then pins him one, two, three. Um, now, from what I've seen, it looks like MJF was seriously hurt. I'm not going to say he was injured, but he was feeling those power bombs. Um, afterwards, he rolls out of the ring. They put him on a stretcher where they put the gas, the, the oxygen mask over his eyes <laughs> instead of his mouth for some reason, and they stretcher him out. According to Sean Rossap, who talked with MJF yesterday, uh, MJF says that he got to the arena right before the match started, got dressed, went out, did the match. When he got stretched to the back, he got cleaned up, got in his car and left, went home. Uh, so MJF apparently, from what it looks like, has been written off TV for a while. Um, yeah, while things he gets things kind of squared around to see what is going on exactly. It, it seems like things between him and Tony have fallen apart, uh, especially since Cody left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if Cody was running some interference for Max. I I really or think... if Max has just gotten too big in the head. Yes, that's um, that's where I think it is. MJF has started Ultimate Warrioring himself. Yeah, he thinks he's bigger than he is. He thinks he's worth more than he is, and he's starting to buy his own brand. Well, and a lot of what I've what a lot of what I've seen is I saw some people talking yesterday. It was on Reddit, so take it for what it was. Uh, you know, idiots arguing on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those idiots, by the yes. way. I'm not insulting you. Right. <laughs> but uh, somebody said he's only making 250 a year. Yeah. Uh, which, and I say only, but, you which, know. Hold on. Let, let, let's put a, a, a pause on that real quick. He's making 250 a year. Did anyone have any idea 
who MJF was two years ago. No. No. None. He was a independent wrestler who wrestled in gymnasiums and VFW halls and got a contract for $250,000 a year to come wrestle at AEW and be on TV. And yes, is he outstripping his contract currently? Absolutely he is. Well, and and here's, here's where I was going with that is, yeah, does he deserve a raise? Probably. He's, he's put the effort in. He's on TV every week doing this and that. Yeah, I, I'll say that he probably deserves a raise. Tony Khan, on the other hand, asking for some concessions in giving him that raise by, hey, I'm willing to give you the raise. I need you to take more time on your contract and, and extend your contract out is equally as acceptable Look of, of at an any, offer. any other sport, any football, baseball, basketball, you name it. If they get signed to rookie deals, football football's the big one right now because they have kind of a they have a that rookie max. Uh I think basketball does too. Mm-hmm. Um if you're a football player and you, you get drafted, even if you're the best player in a generation, your contract can be no more than this much and it will be signed for this many years. Yeah. And that's it. That's how that works. Now after your first contract's up. You can renegotiate. Guys that have been in the league for a long time, you'll hear them. They'll sign like a a, a three-year deal for X number of dollars, and then like two years into the deal, it'll come out and they've renegotiated a contract where they've extended for a few more years and they've signed this much more. Yeah. If, if I'm going to pay you more money, yeah, we're going to extend your contract on out some. It is a negotiation and it is an agreement between people. You can't just go mid contract and say, I want more money, but it's still going to expire in January, 2024. That's not how how this game works. works. So it just, it's not, uh, I, I haven't really been that I'm, I guess we're kind of the odd ones because neither of us are super high on MJF anyway. Um, I think he's good. I think his promo skills are good. I want to see some range out of him because everything he's done has been the same yeah. thing. And and that's part his fault, part AEW, part Tony, you know, however you want to put that. But I want to see something more out of it. Yeah, he needs to grow um, somehow. And I, he, I don't know what that is, but it doesn't. He has not shown enough growth in the, the couple of years that he's been here to validate more money without some kind of extension or something like that. If you ask me. And especially if he's, if he's looking to get the kind of money that I think he's probably looking for. Oh, he absolutely. I'm sure he's he trying to get a thinks, punk. Yeah. Brian Danielson, no, John he, he Moxley. Is, he's he trying to get one of those kind of deals. close to that much. Mm-mm. So no, I could see an argument for 500,000. I can see an argument for that. I could maybe make an argument, maybe, and this is a stretch to me, but I could maybe make an argument for seven fifty. I could make but, an argument for seven fifty if he signed, let's say, a five year extension. Uh, I could see an argument for seven fifty with a five year extension with an option to take it higher later. Op- yeah, with an option maybe in year four. Yeah. Uh, to extend to to increase, uh, maybe give him an upside of you know within a year you'll have a, a main title. Yeah. You know, something like that. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, 
nah, man, you can keep moving. Uh, they got other heels. Yeah. They've got other heels, and they have... They have other heels that are better in the ring. And they have a huge roster of people that they can develop into a heel if they need because to. Because let's not forget, AEW is the in-ring product brand. Yeah. Yes, promo is important. Being able to cut a good promo, I'll never say it's not. But remember, AEW prides itself on our in-ring product is professional wrestlers, top-notch. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, moving on to the next match, we had uh, the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys. Or, I'm sorry, the Hardys, because <laughs> they can't say the Hardy Boys. They can use the music, however, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, the the music has always been, like, yeah. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Royalty-free. Yeah. I wanted to say so, open source, and it's like, nope. Um. The Bucks come out dressed up like uh, Tiger Jumpsuit Elvis. So, the match was good. However, the Hardy Boys have lost multiple steps. Mm -hmm. Watching them wrestle the Young Bucks and watching the Young Bucks have to actively slow down. Um, yeah, you can, you can tell that the Hardys are, are getting on the end of their career at this point. Um, Jeff almost lost his boot at one point, which made a very awkward, um, he was going up on the top rope to do whisper in the wind and his boot was completely undone, but it was still on his foot. Kind of like, you know, when you put on your shoes to go out and outside at night because the dog's barking at something, you don't really lace them up or anything. So they're just kind of flopping around. Yeah. It was like that. And he's trying to get on the top rope to do a twisty divey jumpy thing. Right. Um, Twisty divey jumpy thing. Yeah, that's great, 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 uh, great description of a whisper in the wind. Um, <laughs> the match was fun though. Uh, the Hardys win, which you know you kind of expect. I mean, I, I've I've seen a match between the Hardys and the Young Bucks. They fought six times in the this, past. This happened maybe ten years ago, I guess. I don't know. It was something I actually caught, found recently on YouTube. It took place somewhere in the Northeast. They're in a baseball stadium. Mm -hmm. And Matt and Jeff were still in their prime. Yeah. The Bucks maybe were on the upswing and not quite to their prime yet, mm -hmm. but it was still a good match. Yeah, and this I, match... At this point in their life, I don't have an interest in seeing the Hardys versus the Young so Bucks. this match wasn't bad. It was, a, it was a completely serviceable match. It was just... This is the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. So that, that br your brain immediately says... This is going to be a spot fest killer match. And it didn't quite get there. Yeah. Um, we then had the TBS championship match of Jay Cargill versus Anna Jay. Honestly, this match sucked. From what it, from what it sounded like. Now, I didn't get to watch the show. I don't know if we said that at the top. I, I wasn't able to catch the show, but I was able to catch some replays and, and some stuff here or there. It sounded like it was just overbooked. Well, I'm getting there. The match itself, before you even get into the overbooking, this match was bad. Jade has made a lot of improvements. Jade is still extremely green. I get it, Jade. Because she's, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> Anna is a very good worker. Anna is nowhere near a ring general mm -hmm. that can take somebody as green as Jade and drag her to a very good match. This match was bad. 
it was overbooked to all hell, but not until the end. So Anna goes out of the ring and gets attacked by Kira Hogan, which she fights off, gets back in the ring, kicks out of a penitent for by Jade. Then Mark Sterling comes running down with a crutch. He distracts the ref. He throws the the crutch in behind the ref. Anna gets it, hits Jade with it a couple times. Jade kicks out. Then Malcolm Bivens, or Stokely Hathaway, as he's called now, comes down, which distracts Anna for some reason because Stokely never got past the end of the ramp. And then Anna gets hit with an avalanche, jaded, and Jade wins one, two, three. Uh, then, of course, the, the bad guys have to start beating up Anna for reasons, mm-hmm. uh, which brings out Statlander, who comes in for the save. And then they kind of get in their each other's face for a bit. And then uh, the fallen goddess Athena, Ember Moon, comes running down. So... We got to see Ember, and we got to see Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway show up. And both Which, of both of those very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all for Athena being part of AEW. Anything that can help make their women's division better, I'm 100 percent on board with. And they they both um, the former Bivens and and Athena they both did get all elite. Yeah, uh, they they are all elite. Stokely will be a perfect manager for Jade, I think. Yeah, better than Smart Mark. Way better than Smart Mark. Um, so, yeah, th- that match was trash. The yeah. match itself was trash. But, yay, Athena and, and Stokely Hathaway show up. We then move to Death Triangle versus House of Black. Guys, it happened. Yeah. And I'm spoiling so, the match, and I don't care so because it finally first, happened. First things first, this match was... Could be argued match of the night. It was fantastic. We get all the way to the end. Pac is up on the apron about to hit uh, Birdie King, or no, Malachi, with the black arrow. Lights go out. Lights come back up. Julia Hart is standing there in a black business suit, no eye patch, the, the full half of her face done up. And she hits Pac with the black mist. He falls off. One, two, three. House of Black wins. And when they roll out to leave, hearts with them. Uh, now, House of Black all came down with their faces all done up. They looked like uh, zombies. And it looked really cool. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Yeah. Especially after uh, the previous one. Uh, we then had the men's Owen Hart tournament. Uh, match of Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. And I'll go ahead and roll in the, the next match as well was uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby, the women's one. Uh, Adam Cole wins. Okay. Uh, a pretty serviceable match. It was good. It wasn't It wasn't stellar by any means, but it was a good match. Uh, Britt comes out with the guitarist of Fozzie playing her to the ring. Uh, Ruby comes out with Rancid playing her to the ring. That was really cool. Now, this is my biggest point of contention with this entire show. Britt wins. Britt did not need this win. 
Ruby needed this win. All right. However, cool. You have Britt win. Whatever. I, I think that was by far the wrong decision. But what happened next made this just pointless, if you ask me. So, Britt walks up the ramp where they had a table set up with the uh, uh, trophy and two bags and a little podium. Did we skip uh, Joe and Cole? We we haven't talked about it yet. Okay. Well, I, I said it was a completely serviceable match. Joe, okay. uh, Cole wins. Yeah. So, Britt gets up to the top of the ring. Adam Cole comes out. They hug. Little pet kiss, which is important for later. Martha Hart comes out. She cuts a promo or uh, a speech. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to call it a promo because it wasn't a promo. She cuts a speech about Owen and you know how much this kind of how much this means to her, how much it means to the family, all that kind of stuff. She prevents Cole and Britt with belts. The belts look really cool. So what you have now is you have your top heel in the women's division, mm-hmm. and one of your top heels in the men's division. Smiling and waving to the crowd and hugging and, you know, hugging Martha and, and being these ambassador faces because of the Owen Hart thing. Yeah. I hated every minute of it. Yeah. The, the, the speech that Martha gave was very heartfelt. Cool. Having Cole and Baker there while that was going on, complete to me completely ruins any credibility they have as heels because they just were acting as heels in the matches. And now all of a sudden, like I get it. You have meet and greets Cole watching Cole on, you know, up, up, down, down in the past or watching Chug, you know, chugs with his, his Twitch stream and all. He's a, he's a goofy dude. He's fun. He's super nice. It seems like, but when he walks through the curtain, He's Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Right? Well, and now we have Adam Cole walked through the curtain and is borderline crying and hugging Martha Hart and being this super over baby face that on Wednesday we're going to see uh, the Undisputed Elite versus Jungle Boy or versus Lucha Express and death triangle i think or something like that anyway we're gonna see that where cole's a heel again what they i what they did should have not done, like this what, what they should have done that would have preserved the heel status for both of them and still let them get away with what they did is cole should have cost ruby the match cole that should have come worked. down to distract ruby one that helps protect ruby because ruby does need the win but ruby losing was, a yeah. match to a distraction from adam cole baby this was clean ruby was not protected yeah. at all here one that would have protected two that keeps them both healed because why wouldn't cole come down to and, and i'm going to use language i really don't like here but why wouldn't he come down to protect his queen yeah, and so, you, you know, know the, the you just, like, I just saw that sigh when I said it. Too, like, cause... like I get it, and, and you know, we even discussed this last night. Owen Hart was a heel for the majority of his career, mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm okay with two heels winning the tournament. But let's recognize their heels. Cool. But, yeah. Like if this yeah. would have been done, and the thing is, like if this would have been done as a media thing afterwards, okay, fine. We're not in the arena. Yeah. 
We're not on this side of the curtain. We're not on the show. We're not on the show. You could have done it there. You could have done it on YouTube. You could have done it anywhere else. We know that Britt Baker is a, for lack of a better term, a role model. Yeah. With how she handles business. We know Adam Cole is a really good dude. Look, as far as I'm concerned, and this this kind of circles back to MJF too. As far as I'm concerned, kayfabe ends as soon as the show's over. Yeah. I I have absolutely no need for you to be kayfabe 100% of the time in 2022. Uh, So, yeah, you could do that kind of stuff. Or they could have had Adam Cole come down, distract Ruby, allow Britt to get the win, and then they have the storyline of, of course, we are the it couple. We are the, the, you know. This is Bleacher Report's thing. Much like Charlotte Flair over in WWE, so much focus and attention has been paid to Baker that no one else benefits. They are stripped of credibility in the name of highlighting someone who is already perpetually over. Where does Ruby go from here? She's a three-time loser with no semblance of momentum. She is essentially done for, far worse than she was entering the tournament that really could have stood to create a star somewhere along the line. Yeah. I could not agree more. Yeah. This goes back to what we've been harping on for the last several weeks now. Tony Mm -hmm. Khan doesn't know how to book. Yeah. Tony Khan booked the moment of Mm -hmm. Britt Baker and Adam Cole standing up there with those Martha Hart or Brett or Owen Hart titles. Sorry. (laughs) He didn't care about how he had to get there, who he had to bury along the way mm-hmm. he booked simply for that one moment yeah and the thing is during both of those tournaments there could have been so many good moments and there weren't yeah. any yeah it was pointless and and the tournaments seemed like they went on forever well they went on forever until they didn't and immediately finished yeah um Moving from that, we had a six-man or a, a six-person intergender tag match of uh, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zant making her debut versus Ty Conti, Sammy Guevara, and Frankie Kazarian, where we had six people in a match where one was a face. This was also a train wreck from the get-go. Was this match like thankfully at all? Like, do, was there any build yeah, well, for this match? Yeah, there has been a build for the match. You've got, uh, you, you had the continuing America's Top Team versus Sammy and Ty thing. It's been going on for uh, over a month now. Uh, Frankie and his, you know, kind of uh, attitude towards Scorpio about the the title matches and all that kind of stuff. So we get this. The stipulation here being that if, uh, Page, Sky, and Van Zant win. Sammy nor Frankie can ever challenge for the TNT title as long as Scorpio has it. So once Scorpio drops it, they can get back into it. They, they learn from their mistake there. Uh, Ty and Sammy came out from the middle of the, the arena in the, the Cody Vader. Um, dressed up like Maleficent and uh, a Raven. And proceeded to stick their tongues down each other's throat for a good solid 10, 15 seconds. Which is why I said it was very important earlier with the Adam Cole, Britt Baker thing. It was a quick peck. Wah. And they moved on with life. This is definitely leaning into their heel, be mad thing. Yeah. Um, 
The match was all over the place. Paige Van Zandt is nowhere near ready to be in a ring at all. Um, Sammy super kicked thigh by accident. Frankie walked out on them, but ate the pin. Uh, he, he gets out of the ring, lets the other three beat up Sammy and Ty. Ty starts getting beat up by Paige. He drags Ty to the corner, tags her. He gets in, and as soon as he gets in, he eats the uh, Scorpio Sky's finisher. Yeah. Uh, and gets fit. Not a fan. I thought the match was bad. Paige Van Zant was awful. Like, we talk about Jade, right? Jade's mm-hmm. green. Jade show an improvement. Yeah. You know, we talked about Jade when she first showed up and it was like, ooh, she's kind of bad. Yeah. Um, we talked As about, anybody would be when they're just starting out. We talked about Britt a lot at her, you know, way back when she first started about how bad she was. Um, Paige is worse than either of them ever have dreamed about. And she shouldn't be. She is an MMA fighter. She should know how to move in a ring and she has no idea how to move in a ring. We then had Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly for some reason. Uh, Kyler Riley wins. This should have been on Dynamite, not adding to the six hours of the the pay per view. Which we'll we'll talk about why Tony did that um, in a minute. We then get the AEW Women's Championship match: Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. This was a very good match. Thunder Rosa wins. Awesome. Uh, not a whole lot extraordinary to say. It was just very good. Then we have. What I can only describe as a meth head took acid and booked this this thing. The Anarchy in the Arena match, which was, of course, John Moxley and Brian Danielson and Santina and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho Appreciation Society comes out wearing what looked like a cross between uh, Clockwork Orange and Boy Band gear the other guys then all came out of the arena down the steps john moxley's music was playing is what they all came (laughs) into so wild thing is playing this match was five or so minutes in and wild thing was still playing (laughs) to the point where jericho grabbed the soundboard and broke it to make the music stop I guess it's better than having, you know, Judas play in the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Moxley took the ring apart at one point. He took the top rope loose. Um, Kingston and uh, Matt Menard end up in the back in the concourse area fighting where they both get covered in Matt Menard's blood and mustard. To end the match, you had to be pinned in the ring. We get to the ring... Towards At the end of the match, what happens is you have Daniel Bryan has the yes lock on Chris Jericho. Jericho's got his hand on the bottom rope, but that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Here comes Eddie Kingston, shirt ripped, covered in blood, stumbling down to the ring with a can of gas. Rolls in the ring and starts pouring it on Daniel Bryan and Jericho. Brian Danielson immediately, like, get, let's go with the locks. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Start shoving him. Eddie pulls out a match, and Brian Danielson sna- slaps it out of his hand. 
starts screaming at him. They start fighting. Then Kingston gets knocked out. Hager and Jericho. Jericho locks in a single leg crab. Hager grabs the rope that Moxley pulled loose, wraps it around uh, Danielson's neck, and he passes out. And Aubrey calls for the bell. I don't think Jericho and his team should have won this. No, I think we needed means. we needed the catharsis of Jericho I, and his team losing. I really have no clue what the hell they're doing with Eddie Kingston. Like, I don't not, think they know what they're doing. They're not building any kind of coherent story with him. Like, he gets friends, and then he does stuff that they immediately turn on him. But they don't acknowledge that as part of his character. So I have no clue what's going on here. This was and all I about. Swear to God, if they're using this to drive a wedge between Brian Danielson and John Moxley and breaking up the Combat Club already, I will never watch AEW again. You heard it here, folks. Because that is the best thing in wrestling right now. It is. I yeah, it's it's dumb. Uh, they could have done everything that they did with this after Jericho taps. Yeah. After Jericho taps, then you have, you, you have yeah, you Kingston have had, come in and pour exactly. the gasoline, exactly. you know, or it right at, been, have him start pouring it right as Jericho taps. So you, you have that reason for him to still be as Kingston's pouring the gas on them. And then Daniel Bryan realizes, Oh shit, I'm getting gas poured on me, you know? Yeah. Um, you could have absolutely done that. We then had the AEW tag team match, the three-way of uh, Keith Lee and Swerve versus Jungle Boy Luchasaurus versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Stark. The uh, the champs retained. Mm-hmm. This was a very good match. Uh, comments were made during it about, we watched Swerve grab Keith Lee's hand, springboard up onto the top rope, and then jump and boost off of Keith Lee's chest to do a moonsault into everybody else. And the comment was made, wow, WWE saw nothing out of any of the, either of them. Yeah. Like, what the hell? No, because, you know, what did WWE say Keith Lee looked like? <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't, I don't think this was the right call, really and truly. I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus probably should have dropped the belts to either Hobbs and Stark or Swerve and Lee. It, it, it could have been either of them. They've been teasing and teasing and teasing this whole breakup of the Jungle Express. Really, I feel like they could have done that here. You could have had Cage turn heel. Luchasaurus joins him. You then have Jungle Boy off on his own. You have this feud between uh, basically Jungle Boy and Christian Cage is proxy of Luchasaurus. Um, and I say that because of how the main event ended. Yeah. Well, and let's, let's, before we get into the main event, Jungle Boy is the biggest face in the company that is going to be a homegrown face. Yeah. And that, that's why I say that. And, and he, he is going to be a perpetual face. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be, if Tony Khan doesn't screw it up, he's going to be the face of the company. Easily. He's got to get out of tag team. 
He's got yeah. He's got to get out of the tag team. And whether you turn him, I don't want to see him turn heel. He needs to stay the face. There's no reason to turn him heel. He you doesn't know, look like a heel. Right. He is 100% a baby face it in is, every definition of the word. The discussion has been made about, you know, or we were talking about it rather. I don't know how you turn Luchasaurus heel. That's not exactly a heel uh, look, except for one thing. You could take that and turn him into a monster. Luchasaurus could become Abyss. Yeah, you know, no, and, and, and Luchasaurus you have a- goes heel. Christian Cage becomes his mouthpiece. Then you have like, recolor him, right? He doesn't come out in the green and yellow. Let him keep the the dinosaur mask. That that's fine, but he comes out in black and red now. Yeah, you know, traditional evil colors. Yeah, but and here's the thing: is they have a perfect storyline to launch them both into mm-hmm. that next level, because you have Jungle Boy, who has been called one of the four pillars. Yep, and is the clear and obvious choice to be the face of the company. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy is going to be the biggest winner coming out of AEW unless Tony messes it up. Yeah. And Luchasaurus turning heel through jealousy of Jungle Boy's status and fame and 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 well, fan, you know, following. You don't even have to go that far. Luchasaurus is a dinosaur. That's kayfabe. He's yeah. a dinosaur, right? You can have Christian Cage prodding Luchasaurus with that. He, why does he get all the credit? Yeah, that's like, what I'm you're saying. You're the big guy. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. you have that jealousy of building. Like, because like don't give the jealousy to Luchasaurus. That, that's not where I'm going. Luchasaurus is a primal animal when, in this case, right? You give the jealousy to Christian Cage. He's seen Jungle Boy do stuff that he wishes he could still do. Mm-hmm. So he prods Luchasaurus into the, you need to get away from him, you're better than him, and you see Luchasaurus become that, like I said, that abyss character, that he's a monster. He comes down, he wrecks people, he leaves. He doesn't talk, he doesn't do anything, he roars at the, Luchasaurus, can we get a, Uh, that, that can get too cheesy. It can be, but it could be done correctly. I mean, look at Abyss was that way. Abyss yeah. had his moments, his little cheesy moments, but in TNA, he was scary as hell. Mankind could get cheesy. Yeah. Mankind was scary when he first showed up. The Undertaker was scary when he first showed up. Oh, and I'm not saying that he you couldn't do, do it. That. I think you just have Luchasaurus, like you say. You can change his colors. His mask and everything goes to a black and red. Mm-hmm. You, you have, like smoke coming out of the entrance ramps when he makes his debut. Yeah. Just, you know, make his Tron like a volcano exploding or something, you know? Yeah. Something, you know, an asteroid coming in and slamming into the planet or, you know, like he is kayfabe, the last surviving dinosaur. Yeah. Having him play on the rage Mm-hmm. And I know you don't like the jealousy, but I, I like that primal. Jealousy is a primal feeling. I like the and, jealousy attached to Christian Cage. I like the rage part of it yeah. attached to Luchasaurus. And you just have him go out there, and you have him destroy some people. And you have him destroy some big names. Have, um, him, have him destroy John Moxley. You can even, you know, even have him do that. The, the old school gimmick of 
he is so full of anger that like he'll win you know, a power bomb or whatever. You know, we can't really do power bombs because wordless thing, but some power move, right? Choke slam or something. Yeah. He hits him. He one, two, three, and then he just keeps doing it until the referees have to send for the back to you know pull them apart, or they have to do, you know, due to the referee's decision, we have reversed blah blah blah, and there you go. Yeah. So moving on to the last match, AEW World Championship match between Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk. Obviously, Page won this match, nope. right? Because and no- new <laughs> CM Punk. Um, we've said it before. You've said it before. Uh, Punk, or I'm sorry, Page is better chasing. This Page's reign has been lackluster at best. Well, I mean, Page he has had, only fought he had, Adam Cole. He's fought eight times. He had eight defenses. Two of them were against Cole. Two of them were against Daniel Bryan. But he's had eight defenses. His I completely brain, forgot about the Daniel Bryan ones. Yeah. Like, I really only remember the Adam Cole ones. And those were he's the most also, recent. Uh, Dante Martin. Uh, who else? Who was one of the other ones? But he's had eight yeah. defenses. Um, it's been very lackluster. And, and that's the the fact that I can only really remember the Adam Cole mm-hmm. is an indictment on his reign. I love Hangman Page. I do too. I think Hangman works much better as a chasing the belt as that that Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've said it a million times. You know, Stone Cold's total run with the belt was super short when you think about it. Yeah, because he always would get it, and you'd have that big pop of Stone Cold finally overcame the odds, and he'd have the belt for. A couple of weeks, a month, they drop it, and then he was right back to chasing the belt again, and that was that was entertaining. I think Hangman can be done that way. the The end of the match, I mean, you see Hangman going for a couple of go to sleeps, which don't work out for him. You see Punk going for a couple of lariats, which don't or uh, buckshots, which don't work out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the match, Hangman and Hey and Punk are both out of the ring. Hangman throws Punk over the timekeeper's table, grabs the belt and like shakes it at Hank, at Punk's face and says, you'll never get this. Uh, the referee snatches the belt away from Hangman and then inexplicably goes and lays it in the corner of the ring. And then they, they both get back in the ring. Uh, Hangman hits Deadeye on Punk. Punk is starting to get up. Uh, Hangman goes for a buckshot. Punk catches him and spins him around, and they kick the referee. Referee goes down. Hangman goes over and picks up the belt and holds it like he's fixing to hit Punk with it and screaming, come on, I'm going to, you know, you're never going to win this. You'll never get this belt for me. And he gets over in the corner where he's fixing, you know, run into and, and smash it. Punk's, like, up on his knees, you know, out of it. And Hangman's, like, I can't. And he throws the belt down, hops out of the ropes like he's going to go hit another buckshot. He jumps. His knee gives out. He doesn't get the full buckshot. Punk catches him. Go to sleep. One, two, three, and new. Mm -hmm. 
So it tells a story there. It, it furthers the story of, you know, Hangman was going to cheat and he just couldn't. I like that idea. Yeah. You know, it didn't turn Hangman heel by any means. Punk, the, the image you go off the uh, off the, the pay-per-view with is Punk in the ring crying. You know, here's a dude who nine years, something that he never thought he would ever do again mm-hmm. is wrestle. And now he's the AEW world champion. And, uh, and he has the, the point, ability. To the point that during the media scrum afterwards, Tony Khan called out a bunch of people uh, about, you know, their comments on Punk's not a draw. He's never made AEW a dollar. Um, and Tony Khan called them all out on the fact that Punk is the most financially stable thing he has ever done in his life. Uh, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so punk, yeah, of course, punk is a draw. Of course, punk is right. Like, why would you ever say punk is not a draw? Now, had he come back and it not been who we see, right? Had it been some other version of punk that had truly left it all when he walked away from yeah. WWE? Absolutely, I can see that criticism. He came back. Was he the punk that he was when he left? Of course not. He's seven years, seven years older, and had not been wrestling. So, of course, he came back, and you could watch him blow up in the ring as he yep. was wrestling some of these guys. But he very quickly got back into ring shape. He's been very clear of how gracious and thankful he is mm-hmm. to still get the adoration that he gets from the fans. Yeah, he's also been very upfront and open about the fact that he wants to be the one that helps put over the younger guys. Yeah. Um, like, he and Brian Danielson and John Moxley and uh, Chris Jericho even, although I feel like Jericho kind of plays too much for his own ego. Yeah. But they are all doing what they should be doing at this point in their careers and helping to get people over. Help the next generation. They and, know that they are getting close to the ends of their, their runs mm-hmm. unless they want to be like a Ric Flair who's apparently going to wrestle this summer at 70. Um. They know they're getting close to the end of their runs. They've got to build that next group of people. They have to make the next John Moxley, yep. the next Chris Jericho, the next CM Punk, or what, or, or who else is gonna, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I absolutely think it was the right call. I've seen a lot of people talking about how you know Hangman's run was too short. It was actually longer than Jericho's. Well, and I mean, I made that comment last night. Not that it was too short, but I, yeah. I said Hangman short his run in for for the AEW Championship, and you corrected me. No, and the only Jericho's- reason I corrected you was because they had just said it. Yeah. On the the broadcast that you know, Punk that uh, Hangman had the belt for 197 days, which put him you know past Jericho, who only had it oh. for 180. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, it was like I was like, oh. Okay, yeah. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels it, much shorter because feels, he hasn't done anything with it. Yeah, and, and it's, it falls into, one, I don't think they had anything in place for once he beat Kenny Omega. And then Omega like, walking away. I feel like there was something that was going to be in place. Yeah. There was going to be a continued Hangman-Kenny thing. Yeah. For a bit. Um, But then Kenny had to walk away. Not, you know, for a and, and well-deserved walk away. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. And... and Kenny, stay away is, as long as you need to to get, come back thing, healthy if you're going to come back. This is one thing that I will criticize AEW on because they've done it on several occasions now. You know, we talk about several of the uh, uh, 
feuds that have been going on. I'm like, God, that's still going on. Like, uh, Sheeta, Serena, mm-hmm. Julia Hart's turn, all that kind of stuff, which she finally Jungle Ex- Jungle Express turning on each well, other. That, We've that, got 18 more months before one, it actually happens. That one, not so much. What I'm getting to is the Julia Hart, et cetera, turn got put on hold because Ray Phoenix got hurt. Mm. And instead of continuing the story without him, they kind of put the story on a holding pattern until he could come back. And when he came back, they picked up the story. Sheeta and Serena. Sheeta legit got hurt. Yeah. She was out for a while. When she came back, they picked the story right back up instead of quietly letting the story drop while they were gone. And it just makes it feel like, God, we've been watching this feud for a year. Yeah. But if you take out the injury time, eh, it's really only been about three months. You know, that kind of stuff. I feel like that hurt Hangman because I feel like they there was an unfinished business thing that they were going to do there. Um. Then they kind of stumbled a little bit with the Brian Danielson part. Then they stumbled with the Adam Cole. Well, Adam Cole was a good one. Uh, Dante Martin coming out of nowhere for it after not winning anything ever. Um, yeah, just his, his, his title reign. Cool. You, you won the title. Yay. You're a blip. You know that unless they come back to him at some point, which I have no doubt they will. This reign, to me, was just very lackluster. Now, what they do after, if it turns Hangman into this, you know, they've told the story of he didn't know how to be a champion. Well, now he's been a champion, so now he knows. So he's got to get the belt back. That becomes his driving force. And he he has to fight through all these hoots and everything to get back to it. Not an MJF-style punk out there saying, well, you have to beat this guy, and you have to beat this guy, and you have to beat this guy. I don't want that. But you have MJF fighting with himself to get back to that. Okay, I'm hangman. I'm hangman Adam Page. Damn it, you know, and go from there. I think that could be cool. Anyway, that was double or nothing. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was actually a really good pay per view, with the exception of uh, a couple of the matches. Like I said, the. Jade versus Anna was terrible. Uh, America's Top Team versus Ty and Sammy was bad. And the Kyler Riley Darby match was good. It just didn't need to be there. Yeah. The rest so, of the matches were good to great. So here's why he, why they ran it for as long as they did. And why they added some of the matches that really didn't have a whole lot of build to them. Mm-hmm. Because there was the... Uh, Eastern Conference Finals game between the Celtics and the Heat. Yeah. And so Tony extended it so that he could get buys after that game was over mm-hmm. for the championship match. And from a business sense, I get Makes it. Makes sense. And, and I'll and, even put it this way. I paid 50 bucks to watch this. Yeah. 10 bucks an I, hour. I'm not going to complain about getting extra wrestling for my $50. I could have paid $50 for three hours. Yeah. I paid $50 for five hours. And That's a better deal. Revolution went about the same length. But good so, lord, it just felt so long. And I think part of the problem is, is there was so little build for a match. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they've been doing the Sammy and uh, well, America's Top Team thing for a while, but there was no like 
I don't feel that. like there was really a match there. They they kind of felt like that was just thrown together. We're going to do something here. The other part of it that I think you can really kind of point to is WWE has done such a uh, a good job, but negatively, of most of their pay-per-views being barely three hours now. With um, the exception of Mania. Which Mania, except that's two hours. That's two days. But even um, before it was two days, Mania was like 12 hours. I mean, six yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they started doing that, so they've kind of set the precedent a bit. But I saw somebody mention this, and I never really thought about it because I'm not a big UFC fan. Most UFC fights, the main event doesn't kick off until like midnight, 11.30. So, okay, I kind of get it. I'm glad today was a holiday, you know, for those yeah. people that were trying to, you know, that were going to watch this that normally would have had to get get up and be at work at 8 o'clock. Or on your East Coast, get up and be to work at 8 o'clock when this didn't end until 1 almost? I, I don't think he makes the same decision if today's not a holiday for most of the... I think you're... I would hope you're right on that one. I don't... I'm not going to say, but I would hope you're right on yeah. that. Uh, well, I think that's pretty much everything for tonight. Yeah. Like, we just wanted to kind of talk through the show, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we thought. Yeah. And... We spent nearly an hour talking about it. That would yeah. have been our whole show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, tell us your thoughts, guys. You, we have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, follow us on Facebook. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us some whiskeys that we should try. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. Let us know what you think of Double or Nothing, what you think of Dynamite and Rampage, and what you think of SmackDown and Raw. We want to hear what you guys think. Yeah. Um, with that being said, we need to say thank you to McNard Gaming here in Gautier, Mississippi, for allowing us to use their space. Uh, come on in, check them out. They've got a lot of great deals going on. They've got a lot of great games that you can play. Uh, D&D is always a good one. Wednesday nights, they run a D&D Adventures League. Come up here, check it out. There's somebody up here that can help you create a character and get involved in a game to see if that's something you're interested in. Uh, there's always different tournaments going on. Warhammer tournaments uh, are happening. We've got a Star Wars Legion tournament at the end of... June. Mm-mm. No, not a Star- It's going to be run the entire month of June. Oh, it is going to run the entire... I apologize. There's a Star Wars Legion tournament that is running the entire month of June. So come check that out and see what kind of games you like to play. Make new friends. And while you're here, head on over to... Hit Big Dog Liquor. Get yourself a bottle of something fun. That's where we got the bullet rye that we're actually drinking tonight. Um, Brad's got anything in there. Just yeah. about that you, you would want all the major liquor types, all of your normal, hey, I'm going to go get a bottle of Jack. He's got Jack. Hey, I'm going to get some Ciroc. He's got Ciroc. Yeah. You know, if you can think about a normal a normal liquor that's over there. And he gets specials he in, He does too. get specials. Uh, does wine sales constantly. So if you're a wine person, go over there, get yourself a case. You'll get a discount. Yep. And while you're heading home, you need something to listen to, check out our friends over at Travelers on the Omnibus. Uh, our friend Jody, which was on our regular episode this week, he's on that show. Check them out. They do a tour through nerd culture. Uh, and Jody also does Fearology, which is just a dive into the history of horror. And also check out our friends over at Silence Your Cell Phones. They talk about movies and bingeable TV shows, and they have a live stream every Wednesday on YouTube. Yeah. So check all that out. We'll see you again later this week. And until then, 
Cheers. Cheers.